Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. My heritage, my coming into the church and into a relationship with Jesus, I came into a graceless church. Um, and it, um, when, when grace is not a part of your life, then condemnation rules. True? And so it took me years of, of um, just in relationship. I, but you, I got to tell you this. Listen to me. Be careful who you judge. Because I came into a graceless church, but I came in contact with a living God. And by his, gra- by his grace, not that it was preached that much, but by his grace, he led me step by step, right? His spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. If we're pursuing him, then he's going to lead you, and, and he led us. And I guarantee you, in the years to come, he's going to lead us into new places uh, that, that are going to be just more, we're going to be more like him. We're going to be changed into his image. But being a... Uh, 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 Raised in a graceless church and coming out of that, it, it, and when that revelation of grace hit me, um, what it brought to me is incredible freedom, right? There's freedom in grace. And we've gone through some, uh, I believe, uh, uh, um, instruction and, and, and revelation about grace that the, our assembly has received. And the freedom that it's brought to so many is incredible, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm, I will never, ever stop preaching that message of grace. But it has to be balanced with a, a life that is lived for God. And, and, and understand this, and, and please, even this that I'm speaking today is a message of grace. Even though it may sound like you're going to the woodshed. Now, anybody ever been to the woodshed? Would you rather be in the woodshed or the storehouse? Okay, so I want to pray that God takes you from the woodshed to the storehouse. Because his storehouse is amazing. But not everybody gets to access that. You don't just access the storehouse of of the kingdom of God because you say, Jesus, be my Savior. There is a dis- discipline and a discipleship that transpires. There is a pursuit of truth. There is a pressing in because you're hungry and thirsty that causes revelation and understanding to open up in your life. If you feel like your life has been nothing but one trip after another to the woodshed, it may be that you need to change some things in your life so that you can access what God has for you. Okay, is that okay? Am I being mean? Not yet. Watch. <laughs> let, me, let me read this to you. And so, we we're talking just Ned briefly. He always does this. What incredible prophetic words came out of that prayer meeting. Uh, just, and again, we didn't tape it. You missed it. I'm going to tell you what, we're going to do it again, and I want to entice you to be there. 
because it just was good. So, um, I, w- this morning, Ned and I just briefly he's sharing what he's been reading in the scripture and the 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 idea of there is a you read some of the scriptures and say what that's harsh, right? That that's just flat out harsh. Oh, that's not grace, and uh, but it's still God, right? Uh, and so I'm going to read something, and it's going to appear harsh, but I'm going to tell you it's written in red. You know what that means? Okay, that Jesus spoke these things. And, um, and, and at the end of the day, I, I honestly believe the revelation that God wants to bring to you is grace. See, I, be, I believe this, that we are able to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find help in a time of need. And that's at any time. I, can't, I cannot access the storehouse but by grace, right? I, I, you know, him inviting me, it was, it was just his unmerited favor in my life. I didn't do anything to deserve that. And, and so at any time, if you're here today and you have just lived your own selfish life and you're reaping the rewards of that, anybody ever reap the rewards of a selfish life? Not very good. No. If you're reaping the rewards of that, you don't have to go back and undo all your selfishness. There is grace for you right there. I don't care how long you've been in the condition you're in. God's grace is, is abundant. It's poured out. But the expectation of grace in your life, there's an expectation if you're called. When you know you're called. So here's, here's what happens. And I'm reading from Matthew 25, starting at verse number 14. And forgive the length, I will talk fast. For it's just like a man going on a journey. All right, you know what? What's just like? This is the one parable before. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like. Uh, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It might be the kingdom of God. I got to get that right. Because that... That means something. Yeah, no, it's the kingdom of heaven is like. All right. Because there are those two different places. The kingdom of heaven is, is like. So it says, for it is just like the kingdom of heaven is like. Can I say that and be right? Yeah. Okay. A man going on a journey, he called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. I'm going to tell you this, and this again isn't what I'm, the message, the primary, but let me tell you this. You think that, that all of God's provision is going to come from a heavenly place to you, like through the ceilings. And I, I'm, 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 I'm looking up. My hands are up when we're in worship. But I'm telling you, God has given his treasures to us. If you want to see the works of he turned over his possessions when he left and he poured out the gifts of his spirit upon the church, you know what that is? It's resident. So, oh, man, we need a move of God this morning. No, we need God's people to move this morning. You hear me? Okay, we need, we, those gifts are here in, in, in so many, and some of you have those gifts in you that are dormant. And I want to call them to life. 
Why? Because, because we, we need Jesus in our lives. And he's going to flow through you because you're called. And, and those of you that believe this is just something to come and get what you need and go out, you can do that all you want, but you're not serving him. You're serving yourself. Is that all right? Still grace. Still grace. Say, I love you. No, I, I, I just, I want you to, it, it's not about, listen, Jesus come into your life and my life so that we can be free, right? For freedom's sake. And, and, and let me read it and then you can, you can't criticize the word if you think this is true. All right, so he turns over his possession. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his own ability. I'm not going to read it all because it's, it's just so lengthy. Let me tell you something. That's why you cannot compare yourself amongst yourselves. He gives according to your own ability. And, 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 and to some, that it may look like because they've got, they've got five talents and ability, it's like, wow, look at what they're doing. But they're not doing squat with it. What does that mean? Well, they still got five talents. And the, and the person with two talents, he, he, he makes four. The one with five in his, in his ability, he's already, you know, God's already gifted that in him. Boy, he looks like he's doing something. He might not be doing a thing. We get impressed by, you know, people with ability to speak or, 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 or all of these things. And, and man, oh, man, you got to be careful. And I'm not asking you to judge every little thing, or, but, but there's some people out there that are selfish in their pursuits. And if you're going to be a servant of the living God, it's going to be others first. True or not true? So he gives, he gives five talents to one guy, two talents to another, one talent to another, and he takes off. And he comes back, and, and the Scripture says he comes to the five, the guy with the five talents, and the guy with the five talents, the servant says, here, master, here's, you gave me five, here's, here's ten. You know, I took what you gave me and I did something with it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, listen. We are not saved by works. But we work because we're saved. Fair? This idea that, that, oh, well, you know what, I can do whatever I want and, and grace covers me. Honey, you're going to be in a sorry state of affairs when he shows up. Because the expectation, I believe, of the kingdom is that, and I'm going to read it. Okay, so, so the five, he goes, I don't know what he did. I don't know how, you know, he just took what the master gave him and used it, you know, not as his own. He was a good steward, and it just multiplied. And the, and the guy with two talents, he did the same thing. When the master comes back, he said, here, look, I got four. That's great. And the fellow, the poor fellow with one talent, the least talented among you, he gets one talent, and he is so afraid of doing anything 
He's so afraid of making mistakes. I'm going to tell you what. Being afraid of making mistakes is not a good excuse for doing nothing. I would rather see you try something and fail at it than not do anything. If you do nothing, you've already failed. Man, oh man, I, we can't, I say I, I'm not, you know, the ministry here, the leadership here, we can direct a fire, but the fire has to be self-started. It's something that's got to come from you in a direction. We, and the idea of, of, uh, of saying, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'm worthy. That's what this servant was saying. Let me read you what he said. I don't know exactly uh, where, I don't have the verse number here. But um, then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. See, the master wasn't unfamiliar. He knew him. He said, you're a difficult man reaping where you haven't sown, gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and I hid your talent in the ground. And look, I've got what is yours. Whoop did he do? Take this back. I, I was just putting the bank for you. For crying out loud, Jesus don't need you to bank anything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And I'm not yelling. I'm just excited. He doesn't need you to bank something. You don't need to hold something in reserve. For him, my Lord, help us to pour it all out the last breath. And he goes on to say, he says, uh, he said, uh, so I was afraid. I went off. Hid your town on the ground. Look, here's what you have. You have what is yours. But the master replied, you evil and lazy slave. If you'd known, if you knew that I, I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. Then when I returned it, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him who, and give it to the one who has ten. And this is so, I'm telling this is Jesus. For to everyone who has it will, uh, more will be given, and, to, uh, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's harsh. Does that sound like grace to you? Man, it's, there, that's a harsh word. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't pretend to understand it all, except that the expectation of God in our lives is when he has poured out his grace upon you, he doesn't expect you to be dormant with it. He doesn't expect you to be selfish with it. He was not selfish with his life and the expectation of being a part of the body of Christ. Is the gifts and the talent. Now, I say it again. You say, well, I don't have, you know, and you can pick anyone up here that can play music and, and you know, sing like whatever they sing. Yeah, I can't do any of that. I used to. Not very good. That's why I don't do it anymore. 
There's very specific talents. Well, I'm not like them. I can't do that. Oh, you know, so-and-so can preach so well. And, and all, all, you know, the various gifts and talents and the prophetic ministries and, and all this going on around us, the teaching ministries. I can't do that. And so we think if we can't do something great, we're not going to do anything at all. And that's wrong. That's wrong for the church. I love, I, I'm not saying this because I'm jealous. But the mega churches, sometimes, and we were watching a video, they can, I mean, it's such a display of talent that it, that, uh, um, uh, it stops the very uh, essence of those in the congregation of, of, of giving and doing and being a part of what the kingdom's doing. They they're sit there, it's almost like a spectator sport. Now, I'm not telling you every mega church does that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking there's some people that love to come to an assembly, and they hide in this stuff. They want to hear good music. They want to, you know, they want to be entertained for a while. They want to feel goosebumps from the Spirit, and then they want to go home and live their own life. Careful. Pastor, why are you, tell, why are you talking like this? Okay, I gotta, I'm trying to save my own skin. Okay, do you realize that I have to give an account? I do. I, I, there will be a day God will say, man, you know, y- did you tell them? And, and so, so here I am, I'm telling you. There is an expectation. You know, well, no, I know Jesus. <laughs> Can anybody tell <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah, my, well, okay. What are you, are you hiding it? What are you, a secret agent? Come on, man. I, I'm saying that. Listen, well, oh, man, I, I got to change everything. I, I'm going to, hang on. Holy smokes. I'm re- three messages into one, so listen fast. The idea that, that, uh, um, your salvation is something that you can take and selfishly live out. It's just not the kingdom. And what ha- why I'm telling you this is God has a way. I'm, it, it's not through harsh preaching that, that revelation comes, but it's by suffering. We suffer by living selfishly. You wonder why, and you, and you try something else that's selfish and something else, and nothing changes in your life, and there's no peace and there's no freedom. I'm going to tell you what. You try serving God, and watch what happens. And there's some of you, it's, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Some of you are reaping some stuff that you've sown. And you can ask God for forgiveness, and you know what? He forgives but you got to let the season go through. And then plant something new. Plant something new. And you know what will happen? It's going to be good fruit. The great thing about the grace of God is that he's always got a plow ready. 
And he'll turn it over one more time and say, go ahead and plant. And you're saying, Jesus, plant something right. And he's saying, no, you plant something. Yeah, but I don't want to be responsible because I know your heart. And he stands there. Do something, Jesus. No, you do something. Do the right thing. Do you know we're living in an incredibly perverse world right now? Where they are calling good evil and evil good. We're living in that day. And, and what has happened is it's so perverse and so immoral and so uh, ungodliness is elevated to such a degree that we can look in the church and say, well, it's not that bad. You know, oh, well, stop. You know, I'm not doing what they're doing. You don't compare yourself to them. You compare yourself to him. That, that is not our... St- Mm, okay, I better get off of that one. Some of you think, well, I'm not as... If the world is your standard, you're making a mess. But if you let the body of Christ and, and we go by b- biblical principles, even if our culture calls us haters or whatever they want to call us, I don't hate anybody. But what right is right is right. And morality comes from a single source, and that's him, and not whatever the crowd thinks is moral. Is that unfair? So, uh, the idea, so here, here's how this ends. And this is, ooh, this is hard. He says, take that away from him and throw that good-for-nothing slave into the outer darkness. Wow. That's harsh. See, Um, we can look at somebody's talents and say, wow, look what they've done. But do you know, he said, in the Gospel of John, he said, there'll be those in that day that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we cast out devils? Didn't didn't we move in the Spirit? And and he looked at them and said, I don't know you. You know, and and said, well, how, how is anybody saved? Because it is based on relationship all right look there's some of you in this room right here that if i came home and i caught you in my garage i'd say did you find what you're looking for did you need to do you need something there's some of you that i'm in that much of a relationship that you could come in there and well, i don't care what whatever you need you know that you know uh, there's some of you that come to me and say, hey, can I have permission? Can I get something? I got a lot of stuff. I can't believe all the stuff I got. You know, or I can go to your place and say, hey, I need this. And bam, there's not even a question. And there's some places I can go in without even asking. You know what? That's, that's relationship. There's some of you that wouldn't dare come into my house without asking or calling, hey, can I come over? <laughs> but the idea of it is it's relational. Do you think it's any more any different in the kingdom? It is not. We we access the storehouse of God because he calls us by grace, but then there's a relationship that's built so much there that I can go in and out of the sheepfold anytime I want. And there's nobody. Somebody said, "Do you do you think you're saved?" Don't even ask me that stupid question. 
I have a relationship with him. I know that. I don't need you to think or not think. I don't care what you think. I have a relationship with him. If you don't have that confidence and that security and, and that knowledge that you're called, that is such a powerful word from God. It's life-changing. That's inviting you to the storehouse. And, and that calling in our lives has a responsibility. You, can, you come into my garage and throw my stuff around, you're not welcome anymore. But you treat it with respect. Come on, man, my house is your house. Really? Well, no, not all of it. My tree stand is not for everybody. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. If I catch you up there, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> there are limits. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, all right, so let me finish this. Oh, that's another lengthy. And I'm just, I'm going to read it, and then, then I'm going to close, maybe. It says, <sighs> oh, boy, too much. You see, I'm not in the storehouse because I'm better than you. I'm not in the storehouse because <laughs> any other reason but the grace of God and the faith that causes us to have access to it. We're not better than anybody. I, I don't look at it, and, and I look at you today, I don't care if you're bound in sin today and you're addicted and all that. Listen, I, I, when, when David wrote this, he said, I, indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. I mean, that's, the uh, story of all humanity, not one of any spiritual superiority, but by faith I have access to kingdom. Some of you, you say, well, you got to press in, and I know there's some of you that are pressing in, and, and, and there's a maturity that happens, and that's a process that's awesome. I've watched people here for years that, that you know, as that truth was revealed to them, and you have all the time in the world to sit here and be selfish, you do, except if you're going to hurt others around you. Then we're going to ask you to leave, respectfully. You know, I'm, I'm not hurting anybody. No, I'm saying, if, if that, and that's the only time when you say, hey, if somebody's coming along and they're hurting the body of Christ, it's time to say, what's going on? You know, but we can tolerate all kinds of stuff and watch maturity and growth transpire as it has in all of our lives. All of our lives. And, and so understanding our frame and that it's dust, the idea of, of how do you live, you know, I, I'm not talking about accessing this, this storeroom because we live such a perfect life because nobody does. But accessing the storehouse because I live a life of repentance, which means it's something that daily occurs in my life. It's not that I make, uh, you know, excuses. Some of you are making excuses for your flesh and say, well, that's just the way I am. I, there's a world out there uh, of perversion that say, well, that's the way I was born. Well, I was born just like you. In sin, shaping in iniquity. 
And I had to make some choices like everybody. Everybody that has a successful life has to exercise self-control. True or not true? I don't care what it is. And you, you give your life to God. He gives you the power. He gives you the ability. And when your flesh overcomes you, anybody ever been overcome by your flesh? We have an advocate. I don't have to carry it for a week or a month. I don't have to carry it for an hour. I don't even have to carry it for 10 minutes. I have to say, Jesus, here I am. Can you forgive me today? That's a servant of God. When you make an excuse for yourself, say, well, that, you know, I'm addicted because my mother's mother did something. Or because this, and I don't make light of people that have been abused, but there is a point in your life that you have to make a choice. And you can't be blaming everything on what has been. You can, by God's grace, access his throne, be forgiven and delivered, spiritually delivered. And watch what unfold before you the kingdom of God and a storehouse that you can access for yourself and for others. Is that all right? Did I hurt anybody yet? All right, one more thing, then I'll. <laughs> I, I didn't even get to uh, homework. Here is homework. First Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 20. I'm just going to read the end of it. It says, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Is that what it says? It says, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Grace allowed me to bow before him and give my life. Grace has kept me there when I've fallen. Grace has been there to lift me up, and I've been able to access him continually, and so do you. But the reality of it is, you, if you're going to understand and grow in the grace that he's given to us, it says here that you are not your own, you ha- for you've been bought with a, at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your own body. What price did he pay for us? Man, oh man. I, I don't understand how come he valued me as much as he did. But his own death, his own suffering, his own blood spilled so that I could be redeemed. Stand with me as I close this. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11 says, For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people. Say, well, I haven't lived right. I'm, I'm, I'm living in sin now. I'm living in fornication now. You don't have to continue that. You don't have to. Well, but I want to. Well, then you're serving yourself. In the woodshed is a place that we've all had to visit. But I don't want you to stay there because there's a storehouse that the Father has for all of us. 
For the grace of God has appeared with salvation to all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live in a sensible and righteous and godly way in this present age. That's what grace teaches us. That's what grace is all about, is so that we are, there's a transfer of one kingdom to the other. So we have access to all that he has, so whether you live in freedom, so that there's joy, so you don't wake up in the morning filled with regret, go to bed at night wondering if you're going to be provided for, because there's a storehouse. And it says here, while we wait for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Say these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Every once in a while, if you're not getting a correction in your life, then you're fatherless. That's a bad place to be. But God's Word, it's a word of encouragement. This word this morning is one of love and, and, and care and grace and wanting you to access all that He has and wanting you to be that, that, that vessel, that, that, the talent that can flow through you and be multiplied all around you. That's what He wants. So, as we pray, what are we going to pray for? There's some of you need to pray a prayer of repentance. I'll, I, I'll never miss an opportunity to do that, ever. It's like, oh, no, people are going to see me. It's, oh, yeah, okay, you and the rest of humanity. We all need to pray. Living a life of repentance is a constant state of when you, when you lose it, I, I'm not going to stay and be condemned. I'm going to say, God, forgive me for that. Let your blood cover that. You know what happens? I get up from that event and I'm free. Hmm. Jesus, I thank you for that. Some of you need to realize the price that's been paid. The blood that's been shed, you need to acknowledge that. And, and with a thankful heart, your heart lifted. Jesus, thank you. I, you. How much you value me. I've been treating myself like I'm valueless. Others treat me like I'm valueless. But you, not you, start looking at him different. You watch your life unfold. You've been called. You've been chosen. You know what your responsibility is? To be faithful. Father, thank you for your goodness in our lives. I feel your divine presence right here, right now. To touch hearts, to, to lift up my brothers and sisters, oh God. To encourage, oh God, to give talents this morning. God, I thank you the value you place on all of us. Let us place that same value. Let us see our one another through your eyes. God, to serve one another. 
Oh, Jesus, I speak your grace upon us. So evident, so real around us that we can access your throne. But, Father, let that grace teach us this morning. And as we leave this place, to walk circumspectly in the day that we live. I worship you today. So I'm going to tell you what is going to happen right now. God is going to move. You know why God is going to move? Because there's gifts in the house. There's talents that already have been given that God's going to use right here. If you need healing in your body, I know you've been to the doctors, and I don't know why you trust them more than you trust Jesus. It's time to come down here and get prayed for. You have emotional needs in your life. It's time for you to come down here and get delivered. It's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But you've got to let God, well, I want Jesus to do it. Jesus is going to do it. He's going to use the gifts of the Spirit in the house this morning. So we're going to sing, and we're going to pray, and we're going to see what God will do. How many want God to move in your life this morning? So, Father, just as we are obedient to it right now, let the power of your Spirit touch our hearts. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.